I'm Dr. Stephanie Munt. And I'm Dr. Ellie Summers. And this is Two Women Running Their Mouths, a podcast for women who run by women who run. Our 80-20 rule, 80% dishing, 20% running. Welcome back to this week's episode. (laughs) Two women running their mouths. (laughs) Yes. This week, we are going to be talking about being women entrepreneurs and what it's been like for us and hopefully give you some ideas for how to improve your experience as a potentially a woman entrepreneur or future entrepreneur. Um, So Steph, why don't you give us a little background on how you got started in your business? All right. Um, so I never, you know, in physical therapy school, I never really thought that having my own business was something that I would want to do. I think I thought that it involved basically owning and running a clinic that had, you know, multiple physical therapists and lots of people coming in and out, um, and didn't really understand the, um, the various roles that we can play as physical therapists and how we can kind of mold um, our own interests into a career. So, um, for those of you who don't have any interest or don't think that that's something you'd want, um, that may be true, but I'd also encourage you to look kind of outside the box and see what your passions are. And if you don't find anything that matches exactly what you might want to do, know that you can create that. Um, but after it was really after working with Renee Hodges, uh, a physical therapist for my own hip pain, that um, I saw what she was doing and she coaches as well. And that got me really interested in doing my own thing. Like, wow, I could do this and see people how I want to see them for an hour one-on-one and also coach. I'm going to kind of bridge that gap between being in the medical system and being completely independent with running. Because as you know, there's so many runners who don't necessarily need to have physical therapy. They just need guidance in their training plan. Um, and so, yeah, after meeting with Renee, I was like, oh, this is something that I want to do and I can do. And just (laughs) kind of jumped in after that. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that, uh, makes me think of the expression, you know, you can't be what you can't see. Uh, and I think that as female entrepreneurs, it can be sometimes at least in the world of social media and the online space. Um, and even outside of that, hard to find people like you doing, what you like to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think the traditional physical therapy models and clinics um, aren't necessarily what everyone wants to do. And um, then you get maybe in a situation where you don't want to be seeing people clinically all the time and start asking, you know, what's available, what's out there. And seeing somebody who does something that interests you uh, can sometimes kickstart that for you. And I think as women, um, we maybe don't always get the opportunity to see that and then don't necessarily have the confidence to say we can do it our way. Um, what would you say gave you a, a little bit of that confidence? I think a lot of it really came from Renee and then, um, being in the, honestly, being in the runner's zone community and, Um, even seeing, you know, it is powerful to see another female doing similar things, but also seeing, um, other males in the running and triathlon space who were supportive of females doing that as well. And, um, 
I think what made me anxious about it was not vibing so much with all the, some other, um, I don't want to say, uh, like out of some other out of network physical therapists that, um, have these specific plans of care and there's a lot of Facebook ads and stuff that I doesn't necessarily feel comfortable with. And I thought again, that that's how you had to do things unless there's different systems out there and how you have to do things and different scripts and all that in order to be successful. And that made me feel uh, insecure about it and not confident because that way wasn't the way that I wanted to do things. So really specifically seeing people with a similar mindset um, and being encouraged by them was really helpful. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I think that having that surrounding can help kickstart you and belief in yourself and also show you that you can do a number of different things within the entrepreneurial world. And as I've maybe said in the past, like you can do anything you want. Um, Like you can sell whatever you want to an extent when you start to enter the space, you realize there's so much opportunity to create a life um, for yourself that I think you maybe just weren't able to see before that. Um, yeah. As, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So let's, let's go back a little bit. So tell us a little bit about how you got started. Yeah. So gosh, you know, I was in a classical clinical setting for seven, seven years, I think, before I started my practice. And, um, in similar ways, I was just sort of unhappy doing clinical work uh, 40 hours a week. And before I started my practice, I dropped my hours and was doing some research, clinical research on the side to sort of supplement. And that showed me that I was skilled in more areas than just one (laughs) being a physical therapist. Uh, and it sort of got to this point where I was evaluating what I wanted for my future, what I wanted for myself. And I desperately wanted to be in sports and I'm not talking about just, being in a sports outpatient orthopedic clinic, I wanted to be, you know, in sports. Uh, And I think anybody who works in a sports, I'm going to use air quotes, sports clinic, you can sense that it's not always going to be what you expected it to be. Mm -hmm. So I sort of had like several months where I was spending, but what do I do with my life? What do I do to move forward. I honestly don't remember exactly what made me decide to leave, but I decided to do a little side hustle, side hustle being seeing some patients on my own on the side, and then realized like I wanted to actually fully pursue it and just decided to leave my job so that I could dedicate time to do that. And fortunately, I was fortunate enough to be in a situation where we could say, you know, if I didn't make money for six months, that would be a problem. But if I was making some money, we had the ability to support it. And just like this, this date of this is no longer going to work, kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And um, yeah, I started to expand and grow from there. And I think that I don't recall a particular person who was doing exactly what I wanted to do at that time. Um, But in similar fashion, being a part of the runner zone and knowing um, Chris Johnson he, I think, is just a really good mentor and has a good way about uh, engaging with folks to make them critically think and sort of set that path for yourself. And things have sort of morphed for me over time to become what I've wanted them to be, which is like a little bit of clinical care, some coaching, and then also working with the footy team, um, all of which have just helped, I don't know, 
make me feel more whole in my profession and what I do for the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Was there a time where you felt like because of, you know, being a physical therapist and what we kind of have it mean for us at a certain point or even graduating from school, was there any like conflict about changing it to, to only have that be a small segment of your week? Still is all the time. Uh, physical therapy becomes a big part of your identity and your perceived value and worth in society. It's like, this is what you're good at, you know, and after you've done it for many years, you are good at it. Um, so there's still a constant push pull with expanding my identity and getting comfortable with the fact that I'm, I'm good at other things and I don't have to just be doing this one thing to offer value to people and to help fulfill my mission in life. Um, and professionally, I guess you could say. So I feel very fortunate and privileged to be able to make some of those choices and decisions. Um, It's definitely been harder than I ever thought it would be (laughs) running a business. Uh, But I have found that still incredibly rewarding um, and fulfilling. Yeah. Absolutely. What are some of the, the specifically, do you feel like there have been challenges that you've run into? let's say like early on that because of being a female, you feel like we're specifically harder. I think everything's harder. (laughs) And I'm like, before we did this podcast, I'm like thinking to myself, Oh, don't be too complainy, Ellie. Like (laughs) (laughs) uh, try not to be too whiny about your situation. I don't mean to be whiny. Um, But I do think a lot of things are a lot harder for a number of different reasons. Um, But I think as a woman, you know, it's just something that I struggled with before entering the entrepreneurial space was just feeling invisible, Mm -hmm. feeling um, small, feeling as if my voice and my opinions and, um, I don't know, professional expertise weren't as highly valued. And I think when you get into the entrepreneurial space, that becomes a little bit more amplified and you have to do a lot of work to uh, really trust your instincts and trust yourself and um, try not to let the perception of the world uh, infiltrate your perception of yourself, I guess you could say. What would you say to that? What has been some of your experiences? as a female entrepreneur. Yeah, I think it, you're, you're absolutely right. I think there's, you know, a certain amount of difficulty in um, being seen as an authority. Um, and maybe it's easier in the running world. I can't imagine what some of these women in like the baseball, football, basketball worlds right. are, are challenged with. But um, yeah, I think there's, there's definitely a more difficult time gaining, um, yeah, just the perspective that you know what you're talking about um, yes. for for a wide range of populations, um, and um, not questioning as much, you know, like for posts and stuff. So many thoughts of like, oh, like if I say something one word wrong or this wrong, then someone might argue, yeah. and like I'm not sure if I believe in my knowledge or my opinion enough to be able to like go back and forth and, and how you can be seen as a female if you do argue, um, is always in yep. the back of my mind as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think um, my sort of, I'm going to use air quotes again, personality on social media is a little bit more abrupt um, at times. And part of the reason is because of what you described, like this uh, constant fear and worry that no matter what you say, whether it's like pulled from an article or just your own opinion, you're going to get heat for it and flack. And I would say just in my experience, I typically get it from men. And it's, it's very, you know, it's just like this extra energy that um, detracts from the mission at heart, detracts from my experience in that space and makes it harder to show up um, consistently because it's just tiring. <laughs> and uh, I personally think that, you know, there's no room for that on my pages. Um, I'm not there to make people feel comfortable all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had to get comfortable being uncomfortable doing that because yeah. ultimately became about setting my own personal boundaries in those spaces and knowing that, you know, I can't be like required to know everything. And I can't also be required to, um, validate my opinions Mm -hmm. on certain things like my thoughts are my thoughts like if you don't like them you can leave um yeah and i think to your point you know showing up on social media and constantly questioning for female entrepreneurs is harder in the physical therapy world um it's just a little bit unique in a sense because you have you know the evidence-based um people out there who want to challenge everything you say and and discredit what you're saying in the process. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's not to say, cause I think the, the challenging thing is also, you know, you, we aren't saying that we don't, we are above challenge or anything like that, but. So no, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like to yeah. me. So I'm going to like talk about this for just a second. Huh? I think that's a common, um, a common thing that men and people in general use to try and discredit you further when you're like, I am not here. Truthfully, I don't think social media is the place for professional debate and discourse. And I can make that decision about my page that it's not the place for that because ultimately it's still an energy draw. It still requires me to get in there and argue when a lot of the times the arguments are just empty, like people go in and ask, ask a challenging question just to try and prove me wrong in certain circumstances. So my personal opinion is like, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to engage in that debate because you think that I have to be, you know, debating professionals on my social media page. No, I don't. So anyway, yeah, Go on. That's, a, that's a really good point. Yeah, this is, it's your page. This is my experience. Or it's my page. This is my experience. There's no right. need to, yeah, ask certain questions that are just, they're, you're right. They're not appropriate for social media. Like if we yeah, want I mean, a conversation. For some people, somewhere, yeah. yeah. For some people, that's fine. And for me, it's just not fine. I carry mm-hmm. that shit with me all day. And it affects my mood all day into the next day. It, you know, it stresses me out. It might mean that I'm like crying, like, 
it's just not worth it. It's not worth it to sit there and debate back and forth with somebody through the guise of like professional standards. Like, no, I don't think so. Like I have my standards. I read research very regularly. I don't have to <laughs> convince people of anything um, online necessarily. hundred percent. And I think that's so important yeah. for, for people. I mean, I'm relatively new to like sharing my opinions and I think it's <laughs> it's changed a lot the past six months um and I think that's really important for people to to hear and know that they don't have to fit into a certain mold they don't like if you know you're not going to have to argue about your life experiences it's a lot easier to post in a vulnerable and authentic way exactly close that door Exactly. I think, you know, if you're, if you're struggling with that in particular and wanting to express yourself, you know, I'm going to use Shantae, the movement maestro. She's a great example of like authenticity in those spaces. And I don't, you know, I don't know the type of feedback she gets and what that's like on her end or any of that, but I can say that it does take a little bit of practice being comfortable knowing what's okay with you and what's not okay with you. And sometimes before you post, you have to like cognitively <laughs> decide that if somebody pushes back on this, either I'm not going to reply or I'm not going to let it get to me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because I think too, on social media, you feel like you have to create community. You have to engage with people in order to get followers and build your business and it's a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> um, you know, I do think there's a lot to say from creating community and, you know, trying to like get to know people online. Um, but at the end of the day, there's so much more to business than just that. And mm -hmm. I think you can make a really cognitive, like conscious choice to make that space what you want it to be. And your people are still going to find you. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great point too. How much do you feel like social media has positively or negatively impacted your business? I think it's positively impacted my business for sure. Um, by being able to express myself online, I think certain people uh, saw what I stood for and who I was and it helped. Um, I'm going to say it helped me like prof in professional realms gain trust amongst certain individuals. I think that it helped me get the position with the footy team, the USA Freedom, um, to an extent. You know, I, I also think like my resume does that for me, but uh, I also think though sometimes it hurts me um, because I'm a little bit, I'm gonna use the term noisier. <laughs> like, you know, I, I complain a lot. I get my rant glasses on and <laughs> talk about talk about the stuff that makes me mad and that makes some people uncomfortable. And I think in certain environments that may not be a desirable trait. Um, but ultimately, I think that it has helped me. I'm going to say that. However, it's also been a, a massive challenge and um, takes up a lot of mental space. Mm -hmm. uh, and so recently I've tried to distance myself a little bit from that and work on other things to try and help grow my business because um, it's just very taxing. Mm -hmm. How have you felt about that? I, I think that it has helped me feel more comfortable sharing my voice and opinion, yeah. but um, and then also just being able to engage with other runners, specifically female runners, especially those with um, bone stress injuries. I think that's been a good way to be able to spread a positive message and right. 
um, show useful people information. Yeah. yeah, yeah, versus a lot of misinformation that's spread. But I do think the negatives that come with it are just exactly what you said about the the energy that's invested in it at the time, yeah. um, and how it can really be a just a, a it can suck you in. Yeah, and I think too, you know, people have to acknowledge you don't have to have an online business. Like, and if you do, it doesn't have to be built through Instagram. Um, and that's something that you know, when you get into the social media space, it's hard to come to grips with. Like I created, I think so much, I'm going to use air quotes again, so much of a presence in that space that it became hard to be like, okay, I can grow, you know, I can grow my blog. I can grow my YouTube, which is just a different context of a space. Um, I can create a better website to make it more accessible and things of that nature. And I think when you're on Instagram, it's all about, or at least maybe this is just what I consume. Uh, it's a lot of it in business is all about building an online business based off of Instagram. And uh, I think that it's a little bit narrow to think that that's the only possible way to build your business. There are so many ways to do it. And if the space isn't feeling safe for you, you know, it doesn't have to be your space to do that. But I do think it, I agree with you. It's a great way to learn how to use your voice, learn how to express yourself and offer valuable content and information to the people that really need it the most, which for both Steph and I happen to be lots of female runners mm -hmm. um, and athletes. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, is there, so I guess, yeah, moving away from social media, because that, that is a big, um, and I, I don't know if it's tougher for guys or females. I, again, <laughs> I like to think that. we have it harder. <laughs> we probably don't. I feel like you know, I, they deal with the same stuff. Well, and I have, and again, guys may have this too, but yes. I don't like, there are certain days and I'm like, oh no, I can't do a video today. I need to be looking a certain way. And that's, oh. you know, that's a personal problem, but um, <laughs> I don't know if females feel that pressure a little bit more. Like we also have to look good and we have to you know be doing all totally of well i mean that's what we see you know instagram instagram itself like it promotes what we perceive as beauty and like body and skin right especially as women so um to an extent like that works in your favor in a what i would consider still very patriarchal uh sort of hierarchy and setting is like devaluing what we were talking about at the beginning, your um, intelligence and your um, authority on certain issues and topics just based on being like, oh, she's pretty. I'm going to follow her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, it is a tough, it, I would say, you know, I think women also just have a harder time being loud and being noisy and like, expressing themselves in those spaces which does it's like a it's a hindrance to um, our ability to do you know entrepreneurial things then i'm going to add another layer onto that you know the types of people that are um, sharing and spreading work uh, and how that influences your business even more you know um, a lot of i'm going to use air quotes again people who get coined leaders in our field are white men and they will collaborate and work with one another and continue to support each other's work and it's just like they're building this 
um, I don't want to say massive, but they're building a following together and that type of collaboration and work isn't quite as easily handed out. I'm going to say handed out. There's so many air quotes happening here because I don't <laughs> want people to think like, again, I'm like, I don't want to sound complainy, <laughs> but it is a hindrance. Like, you know, we need more women sharing each other's work, but we also need more men sharing women's work mm-hmm. um, because otherwise we are just like pushed and shoved down um, even further. So, and I don't know if you've felt that way. Have you felt that way about, you know, what gets shared and who gets shared and it gets a little tricky. But. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's, I agree with you. I think, you know, we tend to, whether or not we, you know, mean to, but um, and we could get into a lot of deep, about, you know, <laughs> the way the world is right now and has been. Um, but um, we associate with people who are similar to us or look like us or, and, you know, went to, or even for me, I think my graduating class in physical therapy school, I think it was about 50, 50 males and females, but I would say it was probably 70% white, maybe. Yeah. So it's, it's like, then your relationships just continue to build on people who you knew in, in school and they know people who are similar to them. And then you're right. It becomes this, just this group that is not very diverse and does not speak to the experiences of a lot of people. Um, and I, I would say the same, I think, um, there's a lot of females that I follow that I'm like, wow, their content is amazing. I like, they should have like 20,000 followers. Right. They have like five. I'm like, what? <laughs> what <is> I, <laughs> um, so I, I do think that that does happen where it just kind of continues to, to build. But again, not necessarily, I don't, I don't think anyone's ill intention, but there's just a lack of, or, you know, you could say they are, they don't have good intentions because they don't consider what that yeah. is doing for other people. Right. Yeah. yeah there's that expression when you know better, do better. Right. Right. And I think that we, we just don't happen to like hold people accountable to that <clears throat> very, very much um, in the world of physical therapy, especially and um, in the entrepreneurial space. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate because I think that there is still so much to be work to be done to diversify our profession, to diversify mm-hmm. the voices that are getting highlighted and heard through social media. And, you know, I think we need to be just doing it generally a better job of that. Um, all of us need mm-hmm. to be doing it. You know, social media kind of like highlights, I think, our biases and mm-hmm. our biases really come out so strongly there, you know, sharing work of people that look like us and think like us and there's still a lot of value to doing that but i think we have to be careful when it gets a little bit too siloed mm-hmm. um to keep it siloed is right. a problem so right yeah That's yeah true. yeah do you feel like you know being a woman has you know they talk about like uh scarcity mindset um i'd just be curious to hear what you think about scarcity mindset and how you feel like it's maybe shown up in your work and if being a woman has made that worse by scarcity mindset do you mean um like when you're yeah can you tell me a little bit more about what yeah like you know kind of like the feeling like 
you never have enough. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is constantly happening. Or you, for me too, like, or you are never enough and you have these goals that you set and they seem realistic and then you meet those goals and you're still like, well, but it could have been better. Yes. That is not a good way to live. You can never be at peace. You can never be content. You can never be satisfied. Um, and I think that that's, has to do a lot with comparison, um, too, because if there wasn't, you know, something to compare it to, what would I, you know, would I, would I be more content then? Maybe not because you can always, always get better and have more people and be doing more. Um, and so I think it's been, very challenging to set that aside and even then in your daily life take time to rest and allow yourself to recover and take days off because yeah you just (laughs) ramp it yeah do you think being a woman makes that worse I'm not sure I I think it could I think they're the more this is tricky. I think the people that I've talked to, women, we at least can are able to like um, discuss it a little bit more and have been more open about it. Um, I don't know if the male entrepreneurs I've uh, talked to feel that way. I don't know. Maybe I just haven't felt comfortable bringing it up with them yeah. or, or what? How about you? Yeah, I don't know either. Um, you know, I think sometimes I think about it and I think, you know, it's just like personality type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> type A, you know, achiever type. Um, I don't know if type B people think that they have this too. I'm sure they do. I'm sure it shows up. Uh, But I do think there is sort of this undertone for women that, you know, we're, we're not good enough. We're not smart enough. We don't know enough. So we have to read more. We have to consume what men know so that we know it too. And I think that that uh, is somewhat highlighted in business as well in, especially in my early days, it was like, you know, who am I trying to consume this knowledge from? Well, I saw a lot of men doing it. So I consumed it from men. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've, you know, met more women who were doing it and started consuming from women and realized like, oh, I don't have to do it this particular way. Um, but I do think there's this constant undertone for women that we're sort of conditioned to feel like we don't. Uh, and it makes it, it, it does sometimes make it a little bit harder to go with confidence and to, um, like you say, like, feel like you can take a day off, feel like you can rest, um, you know, this sort of hustly, uh, work sort of society, capitalist society, um, doesn't really make it feel like you can ever stop (laughs) to quote, get ahead. But I saw a great quote. I think Chris put this up in the runner zone or maybe just on his page. Like, you know, if you keep trying to catch up to the person that's ahead of you, uh, something, something like you, you know, you'll never, you'll never get there basically. Mm -hmm. Like you're just setting yourself up for failure. If you keep trying to catch up to whoever's ahead of you. So I think in running a business, as a woman, you, you're forced to look at your insecurities. You're forced to acknowledge this sense of scarcity that you've never had before, or that maybe you never noticed before. 
um, until you're like, I gotta make a living. I gotta survive. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's really positive in a way because you're able to see it and recognize it for what it is. And I think with practice over time and continued action towards your goals, you start to realize how much noise that is in your, in your life. Um, yeah. And sort of quell some of those inner demons, even though they never go away. <laughs> right. Yeah. They never go away, but they're, you can quiet them. Yes. Yeah. Or know that you can like move past that angst mm-hmm. that, um, that you're not enough. And I think like, you know, that's such a critical thing for so many women to understand is that like, you'll have those moments. I still have those moments. I'm sure you have those moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They happen. They're real. They're not fun. Uh, but then maybe the next day you have this big win. And that's been the fun part about business for me is like, okay, you know, the roller coaster ride. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's been super important to have mentors like you and Renee who are like normalizing that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think too, like this concept of like doing it your way, what would you say is like something that you do that you wouldn't think is classical in business? I think for me, it's the multiple things that I do, like also coaching <laughs> cross country and teaching anatomy. And it's like just multiple facets that then I have felt guilty, like, oh, am I putting enough time into the, the business baby? And, mm-hmm. uh, and then I think, you, you know, you come back to what you're doing this for and what your intentions are and your commitments. And for me, if, if these are things that make me happy and I'm committed to making it a good experience for the students. I enjoy that. I'm committed to helping these high school cross country runners have a better uh, running experience Then it all, it all plays in and it, you know, there's no rules on where I spend my right. time. <laughs> right. <laughs> How about you? I think it's a very similar, you know, it's like uh, when I first started CSU uh, you know, I wasn't making a lot of money. I'm still, I wouldn't say I'm like blowing it out of the water or anything like that, but, um, I, it afforded me the opportunity to try things that I had never done before because I just didn't have time, you know, like you're working 40 hours a week. You don't want to do, you know, that coaching on the side. It's just too much extra. Um, and so I was able to do that and it opened so many doors and it opened my mind to, realize like my sole identity and worth in this society does not have to be just physical therapist. Um, I can expand big time and learn a lot. Like you just learn so much running a business. So, yeah. Yeah. There was one time I think when I was talking about all these things that I wanted to do and it was like, well, I want to work with high school runners, but I also really like, you know, female runners of all ages. And I also really like some teaching, but not a lot, but I kind of want to coach. And someone told me like, oh, you can't do all of that. Yeah. This one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was told that too. I was told (laughs) you have to niche, niche, niche. I don't know. Niche down. Right. I do think there's a ton of value in doing that. Um, but I didn't want to do the niches that people thought that I should do. You know, I I was told I should niche down into soccer and I was like, I don't want to do soccer. Like Mm -hmm. I love soccer. And I, you know, if I ever had the opportunity to work in soccer, I would totally do that. 
Um, but from a business perspective, you know, it's like working nights and weekends and I work nights and weekends anyway, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it's not what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. to create the life that I wanted for myself in that moment. And still, so yeah, I think that's like a big thing is being, you know, knowing that you can do multiple things Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Um, Both Steph and I are physical therapists and coaches and entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we, you know, write a blog occasionally and we teach (laughs) occasionally. Podcast hosts. And (laughs) podcast hosts. (laughs) You know, so as my friend Allison Tenney would say, you know, it's this and, like, and, and, and. You can add as many ands as you want to add. Um, yeah. And I think that's the woman's way. <laughs> I could be wrong about that too. But <laughs> um, Allison Tenney was my first, I think, close mentor friend who is really showing me that women have their own way. Like we have our own way. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing bad about it. Um, Do it your way. Uh, You don't have to follow the rule books, I guess. Again, air quotes around the rule books. What would you say to professionals who are thinking about starting their own business or maybe have their own business and maybe having a struggling moment right now? What are some things you would recommend? I think during those struggling moments, I mean, know that it's completely normal. That's part of, uh, sometimes I laugh because it's like, oh, this is what I signed up for. And I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) So let me just take ownership of this because I definitely knew that this was coming. Um, And just actually, you know, use that, that time for yourself. If it is a little bit of downtime, because it's going to get busy. And, and so even if it's not, catching up on administrative stuff. If it's like going to the park in the middle of the day or um, going to a new coffee shop in the middle of the day and reading a book on something else, like the little things that we totally forget about and don't do when things do get busy. And again, if you're, you know, most of, or one of the reasons that I think most people get into their own business is so they can have more time freedom and this is it. Yeah. <laughs> time freedom. <laughs> Read a book about something else. Go sit in the sun. You know, don't worry too much. If you've, of course, if you've put into place a lot of actionable steps, yeah. allow yourself that time. You know, it's not like go read a, a book and don't worry about the business completely, you know, don't drop yeah. off the earth. But, but I think most of the time we're going to be erring on the side of overdoing it rather than under, um, because yeah. that's the type of people that that entrepreneurs generally are. So totally um, embrace that, that's time and space and yeah. Yeah. Be grateful for the opportunity to be where you are. And I think it sounds woo woo, but I think the universe does kind of come full circle (laughs) back. So (laughs) I like a little woo. When I first started Sisu, I was, I would occasionally pull um, like tarot cards in the morning Uh, just to help keep my brain focused because there was so much stress and so much worry that, you know, I, I was failing and that starts to level out over time, but it would help me 
just stay focused on one thing, <laughs> I guess you could say, and keep that focus throughout a day where I might be struggling. And so I agree with you, Steph, like take those moments and ask yourself, you know, does this have to get done today? You know, does it have to? More often than not, the answer is no. Like, do I have to answer these emails? No, that can wait till tomorrow. Do I have to? I don't know. What do you do? Do I have to write this blog? <laughs> no, probably that can wait. Um, because you're right. I think more often than not, we end up doing more than we need to be doing. And that can lead to burnout. And part of the reason that I um, come home to Illinois, I'm in Illinois right now with my family, once a year to spend multiple weeks. I'll be here for a month at this point. <clears throat> One, I wanted that for myself when I started a business. <laughs> I wanted the opportunity to go be with my family when I wanted to be with my family. And that is a great privilege. But two, it almost forces me into downtime a little bit more. And even though I'm like an anxious wreck half the time, <laughs> uh, that downtime to pause, slow down, really does recharge the batteries. And we just take it back to running for a little bit. That's like, recovery right it may not feel like you're moving i'm going air quotes moving fast enough in those moments you need to be moving faster um but it affords you the chance to continue to pursue and um, move in the direction of your goals and something my mom always said when i was first starting was you know as long as you're working on something you're working towards it you can also though be working on nothing and still be working towards it so yeah, just revel those moments. <laughs> I remember you telling me that as long as you're working on something, you're moving towards it. Um, but I like that point about, yeah, if you are working on nothing, that's okay too. Yeah, more than likely, if you're in business, you're working on something even when you're not working on anything. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Just the wheels spinning and, you know, projects. I mean, one of my favorite parts about running a business is the creative work, you know, like, oh, I can write a blog, I can do a podcast, I can, you know, do Instagram, I can do YouTube and, you know, mix up the work to be able to, to attempt to get my voice and get the message out to more people. Um, so it's a great joy to be able to do that, but yeah, constantly juggling all the things, even when you're not working. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, totally worth it. Agreed. Totally <laughs> worth it. Yeah. If you have the chance, you know, and I want to just say too, you know, I've gotten asked before in the past, you know, can you actually make a living running a business? Good question. <laughs> I think you can. Absolutely, you can. And there's just so many different ways to do it. And I just want to highlight that. You know, I am very fortunate to have a husband who can help support me during my early days. And I kept overhead low, low, low. I had like no overhead. I was seeing people in their homes. And that allowed me the chance to like roll the ball, right? And some people take out loans and some people like open a big clinic space and some people just do online. And um, I just think there's like so many different ways you can get the ball rolling that work for you that um, give you the chance to get your feet under you because it does take time to do that. Um, 
So know that you don't have to have, you know, everything perfectly set up before you start. Um, if that's what you want, that's great. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. More than likely, not everything's going to be set up, but you can still start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would, when I was, so I'm going to drag this out a little longer. <laughs> when I was first, that first year, when I would be driving around town to patients' homes, I would just like look around me and be like, look at all these businesses around me. If these people can start a business, so can I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had that thought too. <laughs> yeah, it helps put things into perspective for me that, you know, nobody knows what they're doing, that, you know, <laughs> we're all just trying to make a living and stay alive and have a roof over our head and food on our tables. And um, now is a particularly difficult time to be chatting about that stuff. But um, yeah, there, there's, there's hope in that too. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. There's, there's, uh, you know, certain ways of doing things that some people have found better, some people have not, and you can always find your own way. But we, you know, we sometimes have these blinders on, and there's so many things we don't know that we don't know. Right. <laughs> can start to just act on something. And that's, right. where, that's where you grow. And that's where you learn. So. Exactly. Well, this was a great chat. Yeah, this was really awesome. Yeah, thank you. We'll be back next week. Again, the topic is to be determined. We'll just keep you guys on your toes. (laughs) (laughs) Always on your toes. (laughs) And happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, have a good holiday. I hope everyone is safe and um, able to connect safely with with the ones that they care about. All right, talk to you later. See ya.